You're listening to episode 303 of the Membership Guys podcast, and today we're doing something a little bit different. Typically on this show, we're dispensing advice about your membership. We're talking about your membership, things you could be doing within your membership business, whatever stage you're at. But today, we're going to talk a little bit about our membership. Now, don't worry, this isn't going to be an hour-long promotion for Membership Academy. Instead, we're turning the clock back to 2015 to talk a little bit and share the story of how we built our audience to get ready before we launched our membership. And we started from pretty much nothing However, we're able to launch a membership that's gone on to make millions of dollars and have thousands of members. So if you want to come with us on that journey, stick around and we'll dive into it in just a sec. You're listening to the Membership Guys podcast, bringing you proven practical tips and advice from the leading experts on growing a successful membership business each and every week. And now, here's your host, Mike Morrison. Well, hello there, membershipers. Thank you for joining me. This week, we are doing something a little bit different, and we're taking a little trip back in time. I've been watching a lot of Doctor Who recently, so, you know, maybe this has influenced this week's episode. (laughs) But we're going back in time to before we launched Membership Academy. And I just want to share a little bit of insight, a little bit of the the behind-the-scenes story of essentially how we built our audience before we launched our membership because we're in our sixth year now of Membership Academy and over the years we've shared insights, we share a lot of the behind the scenes of what we do but you know that time before we launched seems so so far away and so we always kind of try and remember what it was like back then because our situation was quite similar to the situation a lot of you listening might be in right now. We knew we had something to share. We knew we had an audience who wanted what we were offering. We knew that we could help people. We knew we had the expertise, the experience, and the enthusiasm to start our own membership. And just that we were experts about memberships, which comes in handy when starting a membership. However, we didn't have much of an audience. In fact, that's probably an understatement. We didn't really have any audience prior to launching the academy and indeed prior to branding ourselves as the membership guys we had an agency we did a lot of consulting we built websites we came up with marketing strategies and growth strategies retention strategies and then we implemented them for our clients so it was all one-to-one and actually within the the latter few years of doing that our client base was really small because we just increasingly uh, got to a point where we were so hands-on. We weren't taking on projects where, you know, we'd maybe do a, a couple of weeks work or a couple of consultation calls, or we'd quickly, you know, build a website and then we were done. We actually, as the, mem- the, the agency became more successful, we were able to be a little pickier to be a little choosier about who we work with. So we were really only taking on clients where we would essentially become a key part of their membership. So we were really hands-on and really neck deep in a small select number of clients. We actually weren't actively marketing our business at all because we were having to turn people away. And because of that, 
we weren't doing things like writing content. We weren't building our email list. All of our work came from word of mouth and from networking. We didn't have a list. We'd written some blogs sporadically, but they were mainly written just to scratch my itch or scratch Callie's itch when we had something we wanted to write about. We both enjoy writing. So we we would occasionally put out some articles, but we weren't really doing anything even remotely resembling consistent content marketing. We did have a blog on our agency kind of services website. We did have a lead magnet. So the plugin comparison chart that we still offer to this date at the membershipguys.com slash plugins, the prototype version of that we actually gave away as a, a lead magnet back then we also had a facebook group um that i think we started in 2014 but not many people in the group not many people reading the blogs not many people opting into the email list because we were not actively using them in our marketing and so when we realized you know what we're becoming quite in demand just by virtue of the fact that we were the only ones really doing anything in the membership space, albeit on a, on a small level um, in terms of our clients, we were getting a lot of people coming to us who wanted our help, who we just couldn't help. We just didn't have the time or they didn't have the budget. And we kept trying to find somewhere to send them. So we just assumed there's pro, there's got to be a great membership out there about memberships. So, you know, when these people come to us and we can't help them, let's let, let's research, let's find somewhere we can send them. We can say, hey, we can't help, but you should really go and join this website um, and they'll be able to, to get you where you want to go. And we couldn't find anything. We couldn't find anything that wasn't just scammy old school internet marketing nonsense and this kind of increasingly started to wear on us a little bit because we hated having to turn people away and more so we hated not being able to give them a suggestion of where to go you know a blog to read a group to join a a membership to join so that kind of sparked the seeds for what then uh, turned into the membership guys and then ultimately membership academy and so that didn't happen until june 2015 we created the membershipguys.com we started blogging regularly and we set the wheels in motion for launching our own membership about memberships membership academy or back then member site academy because we later discovered someone else had the membership academy domain name uh so that's that's a whole other podcast episode that we've already done <laughs> so you'll find the links at the membershipguys.com slash 303 so <clears throat> membership academy was initially going to be something that complemented our agency work so we kind of decided you know what we'll we'll set this up we'll allocate x amount of time and resources to it and we'll run it alongside our client work and you know we get the best of both worlds we've got somewhere where we can serve the people that we can't work with in a a one-to-many fashion and that sits nicely alongside the the client work so that was that was the plan um so we didn't really have much of an email list we had some people on there we had a fairly small email list but these were mostly people that we met at networking events over the years so they weren't on our list because they were interested in memberships even those who were 
They were on the list because they wanted someone to build their membership for them or they wanted private coaching and consultation or they wanted someone to come up with their marketing retention strategy and execute on it. They didn't want to do any of this themselves. They wanted someone to do it all for them, which is not the same kind of needs that the membership would be addressing and offering. So this very small list, and we're talking less than 100 people uh, on this list that was amassed over... Over the years, oh, there was probably still people on there from when I very first started freelancing in 2005. Um, so we we just told them, we sent an email out, we let them know our future plans. Listen, we're going to create a membership. It's going to be about memberships. We're going to have some courses. We'll do a monthly Q&A. There'll be a community. Um, we're going to, you know, you probably haven't heard from us for a long time because we hadn't been emailed on the list. But we're going to start sending, um, you know, emails with tips we're going to start publishing a blog post publishing a podcast and emailing you about that if you're not interested in this whatsoever either let me know or just do nothing if you want to come with us on this journey hit reply tell me we'll put you onto the new list but after this certain date we're going to just scrap everyone else and that's what we did we had maybe half a dozen people on the list say yep Pop me on the new list. I'd love to keep up with what you're doing. Um, and then we just deleted the rest after a period of time. Because again, you know, they just weren't right. And there's no point having people on on your list that don't line up with what you're now doing. So we had some very small bits and pieces. We had maybe 40, 50 people in that Facebook group that I mentioned. Um, we had a handful of blog posts that we'd we'd sporadically been writing over the previous years anytime we really felt like we had something to say and we had a very small handful of people on our email list and that was it less than 100 total in terms of actual audience size and we always assess true audience size and true audience reach by people in a facebook group people on the email list people who've taken a step to learn more from you rather than just hitting follow on your page or your twitter account Speaking of those, we did have a couple of thousand followers each across our personal social media channels. Again, not necessarily our targeted audience. If you go back on my Twitter account, I think I started on Twitter in 2007, 2008. None of it, very little of it's even business related. It's usually just me like moaning about something or making a snide comment about a movie or a tv show like it's not in any way shape or form um a, a followership on that on my personal account that is aligned with what we were going to be doing so you know not the target audience but better than nothing so we set up a new blog at themembershipguys.com we brought over the initial three or four blog posts from the old website some we just had to get rid of because um they were either out of date or they were just not relevant uh, in the very early days. So some of those posts that we'd already written, we weren't just writing about memberships. It was courses and memberships because over time, our, our agency, it went from being kind of general online business. We'll help you with anything with your web presence to we'll help like product creators, e-commerce courses, communities, memberships. It then narrowed down to courses and memberships, then it narrowed down to just memberships. So some of the, the content we'd written was actually about courses as well as memberships. So while we had content, we didn't we couldn't use all of it. So again, it's making sure we're having to kind of cut away at the edges 
um, for stuff that just isn't on target. It's not fully aligned with what we were planning on doing. So we had some of that initial content copied over from the old site, and then we started writing and publishing new blog posts around about mid-July. Um, so this is mid-July 2015. We also launched a podcast. Um, podcasting just seemed an obvious thing for me to do. I'd uh, been a co-host of a business podcast, I think back in 2013, a fairly short-lived business podcast because there were four of us and trying to get four co-hosts to uh, arrange their schedules. Always like herding cats. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd done podcasting before. I also, a little bit of geek trivia, uh, co-founded an internet radio station for online gamers back in 2005. Uh, so I was I was a DJ, uh, internet radio DJ for a number of years. And so I, I wasn't too uncomfortable with the sound of my own voice. Um, so podcasting seemed like a, a natural thing to do. And it was in the ascendancy. A lot of people were kind of breaking through Around that time, a few years before, I think people like John Lee Dumas, um, maybe started Entrepreneurs on Fire. Around that time, a little, a few years earlier, I think Chris Ducker's first podcast, um, I don't even remember the name of Chris's first podcast now, I'm so accustomed to associating him with Youpreneur, but I think his podcast maybe launched 2013, 2014. Um, Pat Flynn, James Schramko, uh, the guys at Think Traffic, which is now Fizzle. Lots of, of people I respected in the online business space, their podcasts had kind of got enough of that big initial surge of momentum prior to 2015, that it really was on the ascendancy. So podcasting just seemed a natural fit um, for me. So we launched with five episodes from the get-go. So 23rd of July was when they went live. Five episodes all went live at the same time. Um, The reason that was done was because back then, certainly, I'm not sure if it's as much the case now, but back then it would really help you Uh, to get an appearance in the new and noteworthy section in iTunes, which our podcast did. Um, It was featured there for a couple of weeks in new and noteworthy, uh, which really helped us get more exposure to a bigger audience. And then from there, we start publishing an episode a week, kind of. The first month or so, it was inconsistent. I think the, the first five episodes dropped, um, on like the uh, Monday and then the sixth episode came out like the next Tuesday and then the seventh came out two weeks after that so it was a little bit scatty a little bit um a, a little bit inconsistent at the, at the start um we, there wasn't a specific day of the week that they were released not like now where they're released the same time same day each week, it's always 1.30 a.m. in the UK. I don't know why, I've just got a fixation on that time um, on a Tuesday. So yeah, it was a bit inconsistent, but that was that was our weekly thing. So we had the blog going out, we had the podcast going out. Um, Google started picking up some of the blogs because they were really specific. Our blog posts were designed to be picked up by Google because we tried to make all of our content based on providing an answer to a specific question. How do I start a membership? How do I pick a membership plugin? How do I launch my membership? Those kind of things, the sort of stuff people will search for in Google. The podcast obviously got the exposure through new and noteworthy. And again, 
iTunes such a great discoverability tool. It was helping us reach people we otherwise wouldn't. So we started getting that little bit of momentum. Um, we started also in the podcast and in blog posts talking more about the Facebook group and inviting people to join that as well so we were building that little community piece by piece in fact one of the things that we did we bought a domain name um that we set to redirect to the group because if i say to you on the show go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash five seven nine two six four five like the facebook group wasn't big enough to have a custom url back then so it was hard to get that call to action on the podcast we bought a domain name talkmemberships.com and set it to redirect to the group. So on the podcast, I can tell you guys, head to talkmemberships.com and that'll take you to our group. Just makes it easier to give that call to action. Start doing that. And again, we start seeing the group um, grow a little bit more. And I mentioned we already had kind of a, an email lead magnet and opt-in with our um, plugin comparison chart. We spruced that up a little bit. We also took a planning document, so a worksheet that we used to use with our clients that kind of helped them to get their ideas together about what they wanted their membership to be. We actually took that tinkered with it a little bit to make it kind of um, more suitable for just mass distribution and we turned that into a lead magnet too. So we bundled the membership planner and the plugin comparison chart we bundled that together with an invite to the Facebook group. So we positioned the Facebook group as an exclusive um, community, a private community. So if you opted into our email list, you would get our membership toolkit. And that included our step-by-step membership planner, our plugin comparison chart, and an exclusive invite to our private Facebook group, as well as regular tips and advice via email. So we really, because again, we were just getting started, we really stacked the value of that lead magnet to make it more enticing for people to sign up to the email list. So all of these things in motion, the the push on content with the blog and the podcast, the added focus on getting people into the Facebook group, the increase in essentially value or or desirability of our lead magnet that obviously we then promoted to people who were viewing our content or who were listening to the podcast they all really helped us to start gaining a bit of momentum starting to pick up speed so the list started ticking over nicely the group started picking up momentum too at the same time as when we set up the blog we also set up a waitlist page over at membershipacademy.com or membersiteacademy.com. So it was a very simple one-page deal where we had a line or two about what we were planning. So coming soon, Member Site Academy, the number one community or the best resource for um, planning, building, launching, and growing a successful membership, training, community, and more coming later this year pop your email address in to be the first to receive updates. And that was it. Simple, green background, white text, (laughs) email opt-in form, and that was it. So obviously, you know, we didn't have a huge amount of of traffic. We weren't building a massive, massive email list. So it's not like we started suddenly getting a flood of people to that wait list. However, it did mean that we could have a link to that from the membership guys site. So we create a little graphic with the, you know, join our community coming soon kind of thing. We start mentioning it in the Facebook group, mentioning it on social. And anytime anyone emailed us as they were kind of doing um, while we had the agency, kind of emailing us saying, you know, 
can't work with you, but can you give me some advice, this, that, and the other? We had somewhere to send them. So it wasn't loads, but we at least had somewhere to send them. We had something we could give as a call to action to get people to register their interest. We also started posting teaser images of the Academy too. So as soon as we created a logo, I think when we created the logo, we might have posted a few versions of what we were working on and asked people for their thoughts. Um, when we had the logo decided, it went on a, a graphic with some text just saying, coming September 2015, um, when we kind of designed some of the internal pages. So we designed a mock-up of the dashboard. Again, one of the first things we did was get a photo of that out, a picture of that out onto our social channels and update the um, the screenshot, like the teaser images that we were using. So it's starting to feel a bit more like a real product, a real thing that's coming. We get the banner on the, the membership guys site Anytime we had something that we could share or anytime we had something we could talk about, about what we were doing behind the scenes and how the development of the academy was going, we would get that out there. We would get it to the people on the wait list. We would talk about it in the Facebook group. We'd talk about it on social just to increase awareness that something was coming and to build that interest and get that buzz starting to go. And by the way, if you head over to the membershipguys.com slash 303, so those are the show notes, the, the article around this episode, then I've actually dug out some of the very early images and promo stuff that we used as well. And you'll see that on that page. Um, it didn't look great. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't necessarily consider myself a graphic designer, but I'm someone who knows how to use graphic design tools um, enough, well enough. Um, so, you know, they don't look, they don't look fantastic, but they, they did the job, right? So in a relatively short period of time, we were building up that momentum across multiple channels, publishing blogs, releasing podcasts, growing the Facebook group and email list. And on the back of all of that, starting to starting to kind of build that trust, nurture the relationships um, with the people who were coming into our world to then get them onto the wait list, to tell them more about the academy, build interest in the membership with our teasers, and so on. So we had the snowball kind of rolling, but the things that really accelerated it was our 30-day challenge. So we decided to run a 30-day email challenge um, all around how to start a membership in, in 30 days. We timed it so that the challenge would conclude right before we opened the doors to the membership. So it, it would lead straight into the membership. We didn't want there to be a gap um, I think the last day of the challenge was the first day the membership opened or it might be the day before. <clears throat> so we start the challenge August 1st, um, really started pushing it just a couple of weeks beforehand. So we start promoting that the challenge was coming around about mid-July uh, to the people in our group, on our list. We obviously had a banner on the membershipguys.com uh, website. I'm not actually even sure we even mention it on the podcast because I've got a feeling it was too late because I, I was starting to kind of record podcasts in advance. And I don't even think we had the dates for the challenge set um, far enough in advance for me to record a podcast that was all promoting it. I've got to feel, I'd have to go back and listen. And I'm sure one of you um, who have binge listened to the show will correct me. I've got a feeling we didn't even manage to get it on the podcast. That's how tight the time frame was. Uh, we did run some ads to promote the 30-day challenge but we're talking very small budget. I think maybe a couple of hundred dollars at the absolute most. I'm a tight-fisted northerner. I don't like spending a lot of money and especially 
back then in 2015 um, when this was supposed to be a side project, right? So very, very small, small budget. Uh, we made use of remarketing. So actually we were promoting the 30-day challenge to people who had visited our website already. And that is, of course, where we got the cheapest leads, the best uh, results. But we were also advertising a small uh, to, to cold audiences. But we're talking not much money, not a big, big budget. So again, as I said, our 30 day challenge was how to launch a membership in 30 days. Um, it was daily training delivered via email that walked through the entire process. And then the Facebook group was there for support. So you had to opt in via email to take part in the challenge. And part of that is we obviously sent you to the Facebook group. So the list was growing. The group was growing simultaneously too. Now, normally, if you're doing something like a 30-day challenge, you'll have all of the content created and mapped out for the full 30 days. Uh, we didn't, <laughs> to be completely honest. We only had the first week's worth of content created, maybe seven days at most. Um, so we kind of jumped off the cliff and then built the plane on the way down, which was stressful because at the same time we were creating the academy, we were creating courses for the academy and so on. Um, most of the, the work on the academy website was stuff I had to do. So it was Callie who actually led the charge to creating the content on the 30-day challenge. And by the way, if any of you have bought our first book, Member Machine, that was the challenge. The challenge that we, we created for those 30 days, the material we created for those 30 days, after the challenge was done and after we'd ran the challenge, we ran the challenge six months later, I think as well, after the Academy opened, just as a lead generation exercise. But we then turned that into our very first book, Member Machine. Um, we enhanced it, we added to it, but also what we added to it was using content from um, our blogs. So yeah, just again... If you're, if you're kind of thinking, oh, it would have been cool to have gone through that 30-day challenge, Member Machine, um, which is the name of our first book released in December 2016, that was what our challenge then turned into. So anyway, um, we didn't have a book's worth of material back uh, when we were running the challenge in August 2015. We were creating that content, I think, on some of the days. Callie was just getting it finished the day before it went out. So it was to the wire, and we were scrambling and it was scrappy and it was messy, but sometimes that's just how this stuff is. So yeah, it was stressful, but it was the only real way to execute at the speed we wanted to. Uh, you know, we launched the Membership Guys brand, end of June, beginning of July. We were launching the Academy, end of August, beginning of September. We didn't give ourselves much time to get this going especially considering we started from practically nothing and we were trying to build the audience build the membership and build up towards the launch at the same time um so you know a big part of the reason why we want to execute that quickly was that back in 2015 practically nobody was talking about memberships other than us there were no big players in the game whatsoever it was such an underserved niche now, obviously, today, there's more people rocking up, um, proclaiming themselves membership experts. Uh, some have a right to, some really don't. Uh, but it was so, so different back in 2015. There were no courses about memberships other than, you know, rubbish ones that were created by dodgy internet marketers like five or ten years prior, and they were so out of date and just terrible. There was nothing going on around memberships um interest was just starting to pick up 
largely coinciding with the release of Membership Economy from uh, Robbie Kelman Baxter. There were a couple of people who were talking about it as part of like their business community. So people like James Schramko, for example, with Superfast Business, which I think back then was called Fast Web Formula. Um, he would talk about memberships. He had a membership, but he'd also talk about SEO and he'd also talk about the gen like sales and marketing because he's a he was a sales and marketing uh, machine so actually in terms of having someone just dedicated educating about memberships there wasn't anything going on in 2015 which is why we really want to execute quickly and it's a good job we did because 2016 is when other people started popping up um so the fact that it was an underserved niche is a really big part of why the podcast in particular got as much momentum there were no other podcasts about memberships they just weren't. Um, and also, again, that underserving of the niche was definitely a big part of why the challenge was so popular, given how new we were to the scene, how short a time frame we were working with, and how little we spent on ads. In the end, I think we ended up with about 350 people enrolled in the challenge over just a couple of weeks, which was like seven or eight times more than the total number of people we had on our email list previously. At the same time, we were ramping up social media activity um, in the month building up to the launch, so throughout August. So while the chance was going on in the background, we were sharing more and more behind-the-scenes stuff, behind-the-scenes video. We created a short sales video, um, which, again, was terrible, but it addressed you know, the reasons the Academy was necessary, why we were basically um, going to save membership owners um, by making it easier to get good advice. So we'd highlight you know, how difficult it was to get good advice, how dodgy most of the stuff out there was, all that sort of stuff. You can see this video as well, I think, over at themembershipguys.com slash 303. Um, so we were really kind of ramping up that noise and giving that extra push of activity um, throughout the the final month as we built up to the, uh, the launch. And that extra noise helped us get a bit of an uptick in waitlist signups too, because we started really starting to get that little bit of a buzz. So all told, when it came time to launch, I think we had about 450 to 500 ish on our email list. So that had been built over a space of two or three months, nothing to be sniffed at, but we're definitely not, you know, tens of thousands, definitely not the massive audiences I think most people think that they need to have. And of those 450, around 150 of them were on our wait list. So we kept our wait list separate. So people were like subscribed to two lists. Um, we actually had people opt in twice back then because it was a little more difficult to segment people on an email list than it is now. And we kept those people kind of separate because we were sending them more emails. We were sending them more teasers since that's what they signed up for. They signed up for updates. They were also the first people we told about the launch too. So... We, we announced the launch of our waitlist first. I think I can never, like, I think this is one of these things Kali always corrects me on, but she's not here. So um, I'm pretty sure we let them in a day early, the people on our waitlist. We gave them that exclusive kind of priority access um, before the big public launch as well. So we let them in on August 31st, and then the big the big public launch was, August, was September 1st. Um, when we launched, we had a special launch price of $29 a month. That was only available for the first two weeks of the launch. And then at the end of those two weeks, the price went up to $39. Um, 
So really the focal point of our launch in terms of scarcity and urgency was that pending price increase. There weren't any bonuses, there weren't any extras. Um, it was just all about that that special launch promotion and emphasizing that if you join now during the initial two weeks, you lock in that special launch pricing for life. In fact, we've actually still got a whole bunch of members with us six years on who joined during those two weeks of our launch. They're still paying 29 bucks a month. Some of them are paying 290 a year because they took the annual. And I love that. I don't care about the fact that, you know, the price to join the membership is a lot higher than it was back then. I love the fact that these guys have still got that awesome deal. It's awesome. Um, so all told, we ended that launch with around 150 members. So uh, about a third of our list. So that's 150 members at 29 bucks a month. That was over $4,000 a month for us. So that was our living expenses covered. Pretty much everything after that has been gravy. <laughs> so that set us up to be able to allocate probably more of our time away from our client work towards this. Again, it was always meant to be a side thing, but the way the launch went, again, we're just talking 150 members. We're not talking thousands and thousands and thousands. And we're not talking months and months to build the audience. We're not talking tens of thousands on our email list. It gave us just enough just enough of a start to build on and enough for us to look at this and think okay actually maybe this might be a bigger part of our business than we anticipated we still plan on balancing client work and balancing the membership um and yeah of course we took a bit of a hit on um, revenue when we allocated more hours that we normally use for clients because we were charging quite a lot per hour to our clients um but it didn't matter because we knew even if we went all in on the membership and even if it didn't get any bigger we weren't going to starve and we'd have a lot more fun running the membership than we did with our clients as it turned out things kind of skyrocketed from there within six months we stopped taking on any new clients we phased out all client work um completely and went 100 all in on running the membership and that's how it's been ever since so the main point of this of telling this story is to show you just how little we started with how little we were working with and what we were able to accomplish having started with practically nothing in terms of audience how we were able to grow that fairly quickly to a size that was still small relatively speaking 450 people on an email list you're not going to brag to many people about that it's still fairly small it's not the sort of thing that you see people boasting about on social but it was big enough big enough that quote do what you can with what you have it was enough for us to do something with to give us enough momentum enough members at launch for us to then go on to achieve what we've done over the years, we've had over 8,000 students enrolled in the academy, several thousand currently active, millions of dollars of revenue, millions of podcast downloads, over 40,000 email subscribers, so that list got a lot bigger, spoken on stages around the world, best-selling book this, best-selling that, awesome this, all these great things. But it all started with that small but highly targeted audience. And that's the difference maker. We didn't have affiliates. 
We weren't charging 2,000 bucks for our product. That would mean we'd be able to give half of that $1,000 kickback to our joint venture partners, a little bribe to get them to send people our way. We didn't have famous friends or influencers who would let us on their podcast, who would email their list about us. We didn't have a big pile of money to invest thousands in Facebook ads or to hire a designer or a content agency that would write all our blog posts for us. What we had was drive. What we had was focus. What we had was pedigree, a track record of getting big results for clients, which enabled people to trust in us a lot quicker because we could show them that we walked the walk, not just talk the talk. What we had was a willingness to risk screwing things up with our agency and with our consulting clients in order to push this forward. We didn't have a big list. We didn't have a big audience, but we didn't need one. So if you're worried that your email list isn't big enough, your audience is too small, or if you know you have an amazing membership inside you, but you're literally at square one, no content, no list, no following, and you're letting that put you off, just know that it's possible. Just know that it can be done and it has been done and others continue to do huge things from a small starting position. All right, so I, I told you this was going to be a different episode and it certainly has been. I always enjoy these little trips down memory lane. It is one of those things where it just seems a lifetime ago. But I think that's why it's important for for me and for us as the membership guys and as the team expands to always, you know, make that little check-in with ourselves, with our 2015 selves, to remind ourselves where we did start, remind ourselves of that journey, so we never lose that connection to where a lot of you might be right now. And just to, to make sure that we show you and we remind you that you don't have to have this gargantuan list. You don't have to be the biggest player in the game with all these affiliates and all these shortcuts that will help you you can start modest you can start small do what you can with what you have you can do big big things with a small but highly focused audience and that can give you just enough of a starting point to build on and build on and grow and grow and ultimately get to where you want to go so I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Again, as I said, it's been a little bit different, so I'd be curious to hear whether um, whether you got a kick out of hearing about our journey, whether there are particular uh, points that you didn't know. You know, is there anything that has actually surprised you? What are your biggest takeaways? And if you are at that early stage of your journey, I do hope that this has given you a little bit of inspiration. Or even if you are still, you know, your membership's up and running, but perhaps it's not, it didn't get as big a start as you were anticipating, then hopefully hearing a little bit about the more modest beginnings of our story and our journey, hopefully that's given you that little bit of extra spark to keep you going. This stuff doesn't happen overnight, but that's the great thing about memberships. Memberships don't require you to be an overnight success. Memberships don't require you to have that one huge launch, otherwise all is lost. Memberships are a marathon and not a sprint. So even if you're a little slower getting off the starting blocks, you've got so much time and so much road left to run in order to build that momentum 
and really get ahead. All right, that is it from me. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Um, I really do hope that this episode has helped you out. I'd love to hear your feedback. So make sure you connect with us on social um, and let us know what you thought about today's episode. I'm going to be back again next week with another installment of the Membership Guys podcast and I'll see you then.